This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Welcome to episode 72 of the Hooniverse podcast. Uh, Jeff Glucker is somewhere um, driving driving Aston Martins, or at least in his dreams or something, probably drinking scotch, hopefully not at the same time. So instead, it's me and Chris, and we're joined by Zach Bowman, the ginger fox himself. The ginger Road fox. Track that's, that's, that's ginger. new. Wow, that's new. yeah, that is a new one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody called the Ginger Fox. Well, you have now. Well, yeah. you've got American Treasure Anderson Cooper, who is the Silver Fox. So you got to have someone else in the Ginger Fox. That's all right. I'll, yeah. I'll rock that. The go. Silver Fox, also what I'll call my penis when I'm 94. Gross. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. That's mm-hmm. more like a silver dingleberry, Chris. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There we go. So, Zach, you yeah. and I are going up to Pebble Beach tomorrow. We are. On the world's slowest motorcycles. Well, I think Chris Cannell and I are on the world's slowest motorcycles. You're on the world's sort of middling motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never thought I'd buy a Moto Guzzi and realize it'd be the fastest bike in any group. See, this is why I like, uh, I'm going to look forward to riding with you guys. Well, we, I'm we, not going to be we, with a bunch of jigsers. Maybe like to borrow my scooter instead? I'd probably be I'd probably be um, keeping up with them pretty yeah, well. Easily. So yeah, easily. So we've got we've got a, a Royal Enfield and a Yamaha SR400. Mm-hmm. Royal Enfield Continental. It's the really cool version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it cannot cross. It's got a any spare continent. tire. On the I don't truck. think it can cross any continent. Does New Zealand count as a continent? Maybe it no. can cross that. Lengthways. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you could you could certainly borrow it, and and it might be the first time that like it was the most reliable vehicle in the group that you've ever. It'll driven. probably outhandle. Well, I don't know. That kind of handle's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. It's downstairs. You can take it for a run. Okay. I'd <laughs> like to, actually. I do I do kind of want to ride that thing. I know you do. Scooter Brothers. Scooter Bros. Anyway, this is going to be the, the this is going to be the union of union of retro motorcycling going up to Pebble Beach tomorrow. And we're doing 400 miles and uh, you and I have to wake up at 4 in the morning. Yeah, that's Ooh. correct. It'll be Super great. Early. And we'll get we'll roll into town at five o'clock just in time for me to attend a BMW dinner. Yeah, I've got a Cadillac dinner. Nice. So I've got to stumble we, into the shower and then stumble. I'm not dinner. even showering. No. Okay. They, yeah. they can. They, I'm gonna come as I am. And you know what? Are you gonna, gonna rock out with your cock out? Is that the? Oh, that's yeah, exactly. Hang out with his wang out. That's yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Stick it out with my dick out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna show your penis to everybody, right? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna be a flasher. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I usually do, Chris, at these things. The gypsy well, woman was right. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so your dick hanging out in the public aside, yes. uh, you just bring some deodorant and a comb. You'll be fine. You know. I, I do have a travel kit in my camera bag that I'm going to be I, I have found tomorrow, that so when you great. show up with motorcycle gear, people are a lot more forgiving. Like, if you walk oh, yeah. into the dinner with, like, a helmet, people are yeah. like, oh, did you just ride in? Especially, like, as, yeah, yeah, especially as I'm riding my own personal vehicle that I paid my own money for, and I'm not in some luxury boat press car, which has air conditioning and, you know, cooled seats and everything. But, you know, here's the great thing, is that by using this for a press trip, you're now going to be able to write off a portion of that vehicle at the end of the year. That's true. Thanks. H&R Tax Block. advice mm-hmm. by the Universe Podcast. Yeah, I'm saving. All, <laughs> I'm, I'm saving all of my receipts. Please, please. Please get me up for legal advice last night. So it, it's very good. It's very good, and then we're gonna work. I'm gonna work on that as soon as I get back from Pebble. Did they find the body? Is that what that's been? Uh, we we can't. We we're not allowed to comment further. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, no disclaimer. Universe is not a legal licensed tax advisor. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't figured that out by now without a disclaimer, you're up shit. You know, I really need some tax advice. I'm about to get audited. I should listen to the Smoking Tire podcast. I think Matt Farah's got his head on tight in the tax game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know who else is good on that? Alana Cher. She's, oh, exactly. She's got her game That's down. That's true. Um, but tax, interesting and all that crap aside. Uh, so what are you guys looking forward to up Pebble this year? I... I'm looking forward to the historics. The, sorry, the Monterey Motorsports reunion because apparently they'll get really uptight if he calls the historics. They changed the name I think two years ago, and um, Steve Millen's gonna be there with his 300 ZX IMSA GTP car. Yeah, yeah. Nissan's been posting photos from the build. Yeah, for the past yeah, months. Yeah, uh, just been a lot. Uh, of is bringing up his uh, is bringing up one of his old Newman cars too that they just finished. Yeah, 
He's got a new um, so I think he's. Yeah, I think he may be in that whole showcase too, because those guys have been talking about that for months. Excellent. So. Historics really are the only reason to go to yeah. Monterey weekend. Like yeah. the rest of it, you could flush down the toilet. The historics is absolutely could, worth it. I could totally see going to check out. Like sometimes you'll get like some really cool shit from like Pagani or stuff like that, and I I dig that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Old cars are cool to me, but I'd much rather be playing around with a Zonda or something sure. like that. See, that's, that's a, where... See, I like I do appreciate Zondas, but I really like the old cars and the history and just kind of being in that atmosphere. So that's why I look forward to Pebble Beach every year. Maybe next year I'll actually go to an auction. I haven't been to an oh, auction, the auction yet. the auction thing is cool. It's obscene. Yeah. It's it is nuts. Crazy. I, I, I can't think of anything about it other than it's got to be decadent and depraved, like Hunter S. Thompson said. I was there for the, the McQueen Le Mans camera car. Right, and the the bidding's getting up into into the double millions, right? We're into the, right. like the ten million range, and then it just like stalls out, Ooh, and the announcer's weird. like, "Gentlemen, it's only money. You can make more on Monday." And the bidding just like ramps up right again. I think that car went. He's got like a point. Eleven. He does have a point. It was it was obscene. This year, I think they're they're kind of. Is it just me, or are they really playing down the McQueen thing? Because I did a post on the, the Meekum auction preview. And first of all, the Meekum auction has some insane stuff. There is one of two Shelby turbine cars that Carroll Shelby built for the Indy 500 with a General Electric turbine engine in it. And um, they never raced, but they with Bruce McLaren practice in it. And then there's the last McLaren Can-Am car from 72. Just pull the mic arm a little closer to you. You're a little quiet. Just put it closer to your face. <coughs> Just mind the stepchildren. Mind the stepchildren. <laughs> of course. Right-headed stepchild. Mm-hmm. And it's me. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, they, they have one McQueen vehicle in there. It's a 1912 Harley-Davidson. And the rumor has it that McQueen and Mon Dutch got really drunk one day and stripped all the paint off the bike. And, you know... I think even a few years ago, they would have just... Even a few months ago, they would have just been like, Oh, McQueen! McQueen owned it! McQueen touched it! But McQueen how, and Von Dutch, yeah. Yeah, McQueen and Von Dutch. But, you know, you looked at Meekum's website and their their star auction things, and it's, you know, the, the Porsche that won overall the 1995 24 Hours of Daytona by built by the Kremer brothers. And there's nothing... There's no bikes under it. There's no McQueen. There's nothing. So. I, I think we're probably rapidly approaching the end of the McQueen... We've reached peak McQueen, guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm already there. I yeah, mean, I, I've reached peak McQueen. None of us care. Ago. I mean, he no. wasn't a factor in any of our lives. Right. He was, I mean, even like our parents just kind of tangentially knew him. I mean, right. our, you know, our, our parents are all baby boomers. And it was just like, that was even like their older brothers and sisters. It wasn't even their thing. So right. now we're like multiple generations removed. And I would yeah. be, you know, I, I, I don't even know that we really have an equivalent. I mean, yeah, do we have a modern. You know, I thought about Patrick Dempsey for a second. Yeah, but, but he's not yeah, really he's, he's a not big a movie star. You know, like I think part of McQueen's appeal was that he just he's a badass. He's badass. He, he gave zero shits. About Dempsey's more else, suave than badass, yeah. right? But I mean, he's he's a really cool guy. He's a really nice guy. But he's not. He doesn't have the star power of McQueen. I mean, you know, if Brad Pitt suddenly developed like a need to go racing, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe the closest analog might be somebody like Tom Cruise, who is just by all accounts like the nicest man in the world. But like he's like that guy that'll go out. He's got fighter planes, and he's got he'll go drive Baja trucks and all this other crazy crap. But he's not out there and flaunting it the same way that like Steve McQueen was. Right, and know? he's also not seriously working towards racing. Right, like right. Well, Newman was too. Newman, yeah. I think, is more of a Dempsey analogy. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's we there's really... just not that much out there. I mean, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, Dax Shepard. Yeah, Dax, no, actually, Dax is yeah, probably Dax about. Is, uh, he's a nice yeah. guy. I heard he's a nice guy. Yeah, you uh, see that movie you did, Hit and Run? Anybody see that? No, no, no. Totally worth a watch. Okay, like, I it, saw it without a paddle. Mm, yeah, without a paddle has its moments. <laughs> has its <laughs> moments. It's very funny. No, we got no more heroes. We got no hope, no jobs, no cash. You know that whole cliche. Oh, yeah, I think thing. the reality of it is now is that times have changed so much that an insurance writer, underwriter looks at the looks at the actor and goes, no "You're way. not getting this yeah. job if you're racing." Yeah. yeah, and there are so many actors out there, and you know, it might even be easier, might even be harder to be a race car driver. That you can't really combine these two things as effectively anymore. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't I, mean anybody can go buy a spec Miata and thrash around. That's true, but it doesn't have the same appeal as a 917 yeah. at Le Mans. That's true. Uh, you know, it, it, I think maybe the closest we have is like you know when we had we had uh, Bucky Lassick in here for TST the other day. Um, yeah. Guys like that are probably the closest because they're they're coming out of. You know, sports where they just abuse the hell out of their bodies, and you just can't do that 
you know, beyond beyond your thirties, you know, right. very, you know, yeah, just like can't... Andy Bell, right? Yeah, I mean, Dave I mean, Dave Mira is a good example. I mean, Bucky, I mean, he's messed up his knee and stuff, but Mira really beat the hell out of his body. So did Travis Pastrana, you know. Yeah. Mira's got like a missing spleen, and he's had multiple back surgeries. So it's just like you can't keep that up. So motorsports is the natural log- logical progression if you have an aptitude for it, right? Um, but once again, that's not they're not celebrity in the same degree that somebody like Steve leading McQueen actors. Was right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, anyway, I think we've reached Pete McQueen Peak McQueen, not Steve McQueen, but it rhymes. So mm-hmm. there you go. Are you trademarking the Peak McQueen? Peak right McQueen. Now? Peak McQueen, definitely. TM. Yeah, don't run it by Chad. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a bumper sticker and there'll be a chart on the bumper sticker sure. and it'll be a downward trend at this point. Sure. Oh. Yeah. But I did enjoy the XKSS Jaguar that I got to ride in. Nice. That thing was sweet. Oh, I am looking forward to seeing the lightweight E-Type there. That looked like a very cool car. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. But show me an E-Type that isn't. Sure. Yeah, but especially two things for it. One, it's the whole continuation, which is badass from Jaguar, because the only analogy I can think of that is when Nissan bought up all those Zs back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And two, you know... Top Gear had the Eagle E-Type, and there's the Eagle E-Type Speedster. And if I ever made Pagani Zonda money, I wouldn't get a Zonda. I'd get an Eagle E-Type Speedster. And I think Jaguar's just trying to go back at themselves to play up their own Britishness because, you know, there's no company as good enough at playing their own patriotism as Jaguar and Chrysler. And Chrysler? Well, you know, the America's import sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And when I look at Chrysler, all their advertising, I, I just think it's really desperate for a company to play up their own nationality. But then when I look at Jaguar, I'm like, oh, yeah, they made $2 billion in profit last year. Yeah. Well, I I think the funny thing with Chrysler is, too, is that they're very quickly moving moving to a majority owned by, you know, Italian – by an Italian mega conglomerate. Well, that's always been Chrysler. Yeah, but Jaguar is completely owned by Tata. Yeah, that is true. Just like that Royal Enfield we're going to be riding. Yeah, yeah right. what a great turn of events now is that India is looking back at England and going, who owns who now? Every bitches? every great British in- institution <laughs> yeah. like Tetley T, yep, Royal Enfield, Jaguar, Land Rover, good times. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice payback for colonialism. Although I mean, Jaguar has not been owned by the British in a very long time. That's because true. Ford had it before before that for quite some time. Yeah, from the late eighties. Yeah. Yep. So the Eagle, I mean, not the Eagle E-Type, the Jaguar lightweight E-Type is cool. And also Jaguar, you heard the story, Jaguar bought up the world's largest British car collection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. That, those are just two unbelievable things that um, any car company should pay attention to if not actually implement. It's like the automotive equivalent of the big book of British smiles. It's just I, like... I made that reference in my story, Chris. Come on. Yeah. I, I know things. I know Simpsons I know up things. to season eight. Um. <laughs> For for those no, not uninitiated, it's a Simpsons thing. The big um, book of British smiles. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, British cars are cool, but I don't know. Most of them just don't do a lot for me, although the E-Type is very pretty. I do um, I do like British cars, and I do like Jaguars, and I do like the I, the fact that there are so many British cars in that collection that aren't Jaguars, that Jaguars not splitting up the collection at all. They're, they've got a – their special operations division is really making a splash with this, and it just – like so much manpower is going to be devoted to – looking after this collection that eventually a few years down the line they're going to be like oh we're losing money again we got to build another xj and wait wait how, hold on you're, you're doing what to out john's bentley because that's in the collection right so yeah so have you owned british cars i i like british cars have you have you owned one no, no. i have not owned a british car it's a thing you should do before you die i what have you possibly owned? right what up have, before you die what have you possibly. owned I had two Triumph Spitfires, two Mark III Spitfires. Nice. In order to keep one on the road. Was was Mark III the best yeah. example of yeah, that's a absolutely. 1600 engine, right? Yeah. So it was right before they realized that the they couldn't meet the the crash protection standards. So they jacked the up the front yeah, end. They yeah. The front end. So yeah. still still chrome bumpers. Oh, nice. My nice. dad had nice. an MG like late teens, early 20s, and he used to tell me he's like, yeah, I had to pull the motor a couple times. He's like. I just went in and reached in and pulled it out. Yeah, it's pretty much true. It's yeah. it's freakishly tiny. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I do like Spitfires. Um, there's a uh, Andy Stoy at Auto Week who I work with has a he restored a TR6 with his dad. Nice. So I really was like TR6, but I was if, fucking broke. So. If I was going to do a British car, it's either a three wheeler, yes, yeah, which is fantastic, or or 
going to be in Aston. So correct so. me if I'm wrong. Does anybody else think that you could just build a three-wheeler for less than $50,000? Oh, yeah, you absolutely could. It's, it's a Harley yeah. motor, a Miata transmission, and, and nothing and else. I'm cheap, selling a Miata transmission. It's just Maybe a cheap tube chassis. That's all just, it is. Just build a three-wheeler. Be be the hero. God, I, should. I should. I should build it with a Moto Guzzi engine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is the donor going to come from your bike? Shut up. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. See, if I was going to do a three-wheeler, I think I'd have to do a mid-engine three-wheeler. Mid-engine. Which would really actually be easier die. to build. Yeah, well. Isn't true. that like the T-Rex? The T-Rex is a mid-engine three-wheeler, right? Uh, Yes, but the T-Rex is an abortion of design. Yeah, it's, but, it's, but what I yeah. like about the, the Morgan three-wheeler is the engine's right up front. It, does, it looks very cool. It's it does such a cool car. Yeah. It's such um, a cool vehicle. And, you know... You look at the prices of three wheelers, like the Morgan three wheeler, and then there's the KTM Crossbow, and then there's the, the Crossbow's four wheelers. Oh, yeah. Oh, You're thinking of the Polaris slingshot, the po- probably. Slingshot. I was gonna go into the Polaris slingshot. Sorry, but yeah. there's also the BAC Mono, and just all those really elemental three wheelers. And well, it's, it's know, the I mean, they're the British track cars. Yeah. That's really what yeah. they are at this point. Yeah, and then you look at the slingshot, and you're like, that thing's the cost of a Fiesta ST less or something like that. And you're like, well, that's one. That's really dangerous territory for it because you could just be like, well, why do I buy that? It's just a toy. And two. No, you're not. But this thing is, you're not going to have market overlap between those two things. That's true. A Fiesta ST is for somebody that likes cars, likes driving, and doesn't have money for an expensive vehicle. I just bought one, like this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's a great car. Mm -hmm. I would love to have one as a daily. You know, if if that had been available when I had bought my uh, my Honda as a daily, I would have bought that. Yeah, we. we uh, needed something for for a kid, so um, we looked around and, and drove Accords and all the horrible. You, you people and your reproduction. And I know, all right? That. Yeah. I, just, I have like... no idea what that's the saddest thing ever. But yeah, yeah we, we drove. Uh, let's see, an Accord Sport and a Jetta Sport wagon and a bunch of other soulless stuff, and we just couldn't do it. So we went out to the dealer and they had a snot green one for nineteen grand. Nice. Nineteen grand. That's a great price on that I, too. I also like the idea that you can have one kid and you don't need a humongous SUV for well, one yeah, kid. Yeah, I mean that's what you're pushed into if you have a kid. Oh right? yeah. You're like, here are your options. You can have the world's most boring sedan. You can have a Q5, or you can have a 13 ton yes. SUV. You have right. an extra 35 pounds of people now with you, <laughs> so you need another nine tons of vehicle. You need an Abrams. Well, sorry, clearly, clearly you need to protect you. your that, child and wrap it in I, 15 uh, tons. Of there is out. nothing that pisses me off more than that logic, that stupid logic of. The bigger vehicle is safer. And it's I mean, you, you do have the more mass on your side, and I totally get that. Like, you know, driving around in the south, it's just three-quarter ton trucks and Suburbans and right. not much else. So, yeah, it's an arms race. But I'll it tell you, an arms the, race the times that I've nearly been in accidents, having been in smaller, nimbler cars is what got me out of them. Well, it turns With out better being brakes. able to stop and or turn helps. Yes, yeah. yes, That's it does. That's a little-known fact. Yeah, so just plowing through things like I did recently when, my, with, when I drove tanks up in Minnesota. You drove tanks in Minnesota. That story went up on Auto Week. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's uh, I drove I drove uh, an APC, then I drove an SPG, self-propelled gun, and then I shot a bunch of machine guns. And self-propelled then I drove... gun. That is the best name ever. It's self-propelled very gun. cool. It's, it's right yeah. up there with autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh wait, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little harder to say. Yeah, especially when you're doing it. Yeah. 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 But um, I also drove a 60-ton Chieftain main battle tank, which is perfect for children, by the way, Zach. Sure, you should consider yeah. buying one of those. Uh, and then I drove does it. Does it have latch anchors? That's what I'm really concerned about. It doesn't have isofix. Sorry. I could probably weld some in. Yeah, right? you might as well. But um, it's got plenty. It's got plenty of hard points. That's for sure. If you want sure. to weld stuff in. And then I drove it over a Nissan Altima. Okay, Good. I'm alright with that. It's awesome. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. more than the Altima. Exactly. The Altima is smaller than a, uh, a tank, so that's that, there you go. There's the, nothing wrong with the Altima, but there's nothing right with the right, Altima yeah. either. It's yeah, true. It is the ultimate symbol of mediocrity in vehicles. The, the Altima tank. symbol of mediocrity? Yeah. 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 That's why I make a big story box. lately where they drove over a North Star Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And it kind of broke my heart a little bit. It was like that, a two-door that, Eldorado. I was like, when don't, don't when I was that. there, there were two people who were driving cars over, and there was a like a Z31, a first-generation Lumina. No one's going to miss one of no. those. And then a, a first-gen Altima 96, which is actually I really liked that car when I was growing up. Sure. But whatever. I, I'll still drive a tank over one. Yeah. The tank's name was Larry. Larry the Tank. Larry the mm-hmm. Tank. It was named I, – I later found out that it was named after the truck driver who delivered Larry from Texas to Minnesota who did a really great job. So he named it after him. 
Good for what you, do you Larry. Mean, did a great job delivering the tank. Isn't that like a yes/no scenario? Like the tank arrived, and yeah. the tank did not arrive. I didn't know there was like a. It's a. It's a very. Well, bi- <laughs> it's a very binary operation. <laughs> really if you if you is. like drop the tank or you don't secure it and it like drop you, you plow into a school or something, then you've really the not done. Yeah, but the well. tank's gonna be the one that survives. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not care. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> tank would just kind of brush anything off. You know, I think you should have just driven it up there. Hell, you could have driven through a school. Why get a Nobody truck? Knows. Why get a truck? You know. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Tanks so, are great. all right. So speaking, you, of, speak. Oh, sorry to go with this, I, but speaking of tanks, Mustangs are like tanks, right? Because oh, that, that was a rough segue there. That was, that was um, broadcasting legend Blake Rock. <laughs> <laughs> are you asking about the horse? I was gonna go I into the horse. the horse. All right. Well, um, should I introduce the Mustang? I, I assume most people in the universe know. I think the yeah, the universe yeah, people I, will definitely know. Universe do, but we've got it. our audience is widening a bit. All so. right, so two this years has ago, been a project for two years, right? Two years ago, I decided it would be an awesome idea to take an '89 Fox Body Mustang that cost me four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then it was your dad's Mustang, right? It was. It was yeah. my dad's Mustang. Pull everything out of it, put an independent rear suspension from a Cobra in it. These are all good ideas so far. All right. Put a turbocharged four-cylinder from a T-Bird in it. Mm-hmm. So this sounds good. This is what I'm going with. I'm marching down that, this is path. Is the T-Bird motor also a Lima motor? It is. Yep. Okay, so, so it's, it's the a, it's a blown usual 2.3-liter Ford Lima motor they use forever. Weighs approximately as much as the building that we're sitting in. Yes, now. I've worked on those motors. I hate them. Sure. As you should. So that was the plan. Ford calls up and say, hey. Uh, so you're building a, uh, a four-cylinder Mustang. How about you put the two-liter from the Focus ST in it instead? Also a good idea. Sure. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do that, Jim. So in the interim, I have contacted Maximum Motorsports. They've been great uh, as far as partnering with me to figure out exactly how to get the car, the engine in the car. Mm-hmm. Engine's supposed to be in a, a transverse configuration. This, this, yeah. When I when I saw you bringing up this project and I saw that you know, and I got you know, I knew because we all know each other. I knew that sure. the crate motor was coming well before you actually sure. published yep. it. I was just like. One, how is he going to work with the cowhide on that? Because yep. that's a lot taller than that than than either the 302 or the 2.3 liter Correct. motor. Yep. And the other thing is, is that's the first implementation of a longitudinal layout for that car. You know, before you know the 2015 Mustang. Sure. I feel like you're, yeah, I feel like you were doing Ford's R and D there for a while. Yeah, not so much. I mean, <laughs> Ford, Ford was was pretty helpful. They 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 handed over all the engineering drawings to uh, Maximum. Oh, so they gave them the specs so they could yeah, build well, a well, they Mac- could build a K member and everything. Maximum's a SEMA partner, yeah. so it worked out great. They just dropped the file straight to them, and they could Excellent. work from that, which was really great. Maximum had a full 3D scan of the Fox Body engine bay, which worked out great. So they figured out exactly how far we could put the engine back and still have room for everything. I'm still gonna have to do some cutting on the firewall. Um, originally, I'd planned to use the T5 that originally mated to the old Lima motor mm-hmm. uh, and a custom bell housing, which I bought. Um, but then I was having some trouble figuring out uh, clutch and flywheel solutions because yeah. because the the old ones are cable actuated and the new correct. ones hydraulic, right? Correct. So before I had had the transition from old car to new motor happening basically in the bell housing, mm-hmm. which you know there's all sorts of complicated shit that. That's has to a hard place there. to do that transition. So now I bought a uh, a transmission from an NC Miata with sixteen thousand miles on it. And it's a six-speed, and I'm going to use that transmission, clutch and flywheel out of a Miata, custom drive shaft, and now the transition. That happens. transmission that's used in a lot of different Ford swaps, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's, I mean, the the EcoBoost engine is an MZR block, mm-hmm. so it's the same thing that's in the Miata. It's the same thing. It's just a, a derivative of that, right? It's basically it's is it basically a newer version of the the Mazda Speed motors. I'm not sure if it's a new, newer version of the Mazda Speed Motors or not, but I know it's identical almost in every way to the MZR 2-liter that's in the uh, NC Miata. Okay. So so the bell housing fits perfectly. Yeah, everything fits perfectly. And it's just a matter of moving some transmission mounts and getting a custom drive shaft made, and in theory we're rock and roll. Nice. What, are, what about ECU stuff that's going on? Well, Ford is now producing a uh, standalone control pack that makes life a lot easier for you well yeah it it got super complicated there for a while because when i started this two years ago nobody was doing standalone direct injection ecus no no that's a a brand new thing i mean yeah and i when i wandered into this that wasn't something i knew so um for a while there i was i was terrified that i was gonna have to work with this company out of the uk and i was gonna have to ship the engine to them Mm -hmm. and the project went from well this is kind of feasible to well honey i'm sorry but we can't make the mortgage payment (laughs) sort of scenario Ah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the control pack definitely makes things easier. And 
the cool thing about that is, I know this seems like a super weird and complicated build, but Maximum is going to have the K-member built and ready. So if you decide that you want to do this for your Fox buddy, you can call them up and say, hey, I would like the eco wow. And that might actually turn That's into great. a popular thing. Well, the cool thing is it weighs, uh, I think the whole engine kitted up weighs about 275 pounds. So it's within spitting distance of a 302. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about 75 pounds less than a 302. Okay. Puts out the exact same output at base tune. Cobb Tuning is turning out a, uh, a reflash that puts it up to about 300 horsepower, so you're good to go. Now, and the cool Fox thing is, is light as hell to already. So. It is. The cool thing is, this engine is in everything Ford makes right now. Everything mm-hmm. that's Ford and Lincoln right now, the engine's in there. So in five years, these turbocharged four cylinders are going to be everywhere for dirt cheap. It's. I, I liken this to this is their. This is their Ecotech. Right. Yep. This is. You know, GM's had their Ecotech they've had out for a while, and that's a very stout motor that's very. Similar in a lot of regards, and now Ecotech's 400, 450 horsepower all day for yeah. a couple of grand, and I think that that Ford motor is going to be the same way. So yeah, you want to you know turbocharged four cylinder with a standalone control pack to put in your sand rail or or whatever it'll be there to do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's 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 a great motor. I mean, is it? How close is the motor? Is the Fiesta ST motor just a? Uh, D, is it just a no smaller idea. bore? No I don't idea. Know. Because Thad and I were kicking that around um, just to see. I, I really I, obviously we're going to get somebody from Dearborn to yeah. talk on that front. Um, what are you doing about fueling on that? Because that can get a little tricky with the high pressure fuel pump and everything that's required for direct injection. Well, the high pressure fuel pump has actually been one of the big pains in the ass because it's bolted to the to the back of the head. Is it mechanical on that car? It's mechanical, so it's driven okay. off of the cam just like an old school mechanical pump. Yeah. But it sticks off the back of the head probably three or four inches, and then you've got a high-pressure fuel line that comes off of that. Mm-hmm. So and then you, that was one of the limiting factors in terms of how far we could push the engine back. And then do you have a high-volume electric pump feeding from the back of the car to that one, or is it... I haven't crossed that bridge yet. Okay. But uh, that's probably the way that will that will wind up going. Yeah, because we're just, you know, for, for people who don't know, I mean, we're in the infancy of direct injection. This, yep. is, this is like, you know, when we went fuel-injected in, in the late 80s, right. And everything was kind of up in the air of this guy does it this way and this guy does it this way and everybody's got their own solution and it's like it's a melee right now. Yeah, it totally is, and it's been a it's been a fun project to work on. I mean, it takes you know a fair portion of my when I should be working time, you know, trying to sort out solutions for. But it's so. it's great to hear that it's coming along, and it's great to know that it's one of those projects that you'd be like drunk with your buddies at a bar just be like yeah what if what if we did something old and then put a new engine in it and then this is one of those fantasy builds you always talk about where you flush two years of your life and untold thousands of dollars into as, it and, you, and you still have a mustang shell that's worth about two hundred dollars like, but <laughs> as cool you get further along with that do you think there's any possibility that you might be able to you know uh and you get a nice product that comes out of this as, as i'm sure will because you're taking your time and you're working with the right people on it do you think there's any chance that that ford might bringing out to SEMA with it or something like that? Or? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, my whole vision for the car is to just keep it as scroungy looking as possible. I have right. no interest in it being shiny or, or anything beyond that, aside from the mechanical. The mechanical is going to be as flawlessly done as I can possibly do it. But the car, I, I have no interest in it looking like anything other than it is, which is a $400 Mustang. It's a, it's basically a it's a southern missile. It is a southern missile. It's, it's the sleeper version of that car from the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift from the beginning. Oh, man, if it were a 68, I would be so thrilled. The worst part about this is so Sam Smith just bought a, a bitchin' GT350 clone. Right. And, you know, I, I've got a stupid amount of money in this horrible car. And the other day I, I was I – was, I forget what I was researching. It was clutch and flywheel back before I figured out the, the Miata transmission. And I realized that I basically have bad fastback Mustang money in this car. And it was a heartbreaking scenario. Yeah, but you have a cooler car. I don't think that's true. No, you do. You, think you absolutely so? do. Yeah. Because there are... it's, it's a car of the people, by the people, for the people that should not perish from this earth. That's what it is. <laughs> well, that was you the know, Fox buddy to begin you with. Got, you got, like, yeah, you have a GT350 clone, and, you know, I'll do respect to Sam Smith, but that's that's a car that's slowly losing its grip from affordability from us. Well, yeah. Well, not only that, but, I mean, it's a little bit of a different situation for you because, you're you know, you're back in the East Coast and everything, and, you know, you don't have the obscene amount of money that people piss away on things sure. out here. As we'll we'll see tomorrow with Pebble Beach. Yes, correct. So, you know, we see stuff like that all day long, and it's almost kind of like played out where it's just like, oh, 
Yay, another 65 Mustang. Wee, another 69 Camaro. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right. well, how many did we see on the drive over here? Oh, a two, lot. Two 68s and at least one 65 Mustang. And we saw that sweet Camaro. Yep. Bitchin' Camaro. Yep. You know, I did I did uh, so many Mustang 50th anniversary stories this year that I'm, I personally have reached peak Mustang, which hit when I went to Las Vegas to the 50th Mustang anniversary celebration there and to Las Vegas Speedway. And I've never been to a car show where they rent hover rounds. Oh, that's so good. That is but so perfect. It's, it really is. Is it a reflection of the age or the obesity? Both. Both. Oh, both okay. Both, yeah. So there's a strong cross-section. Mm-hmm. International right. cross-section of old and obese people. Actually, I'm, inter- I'm making fun wow. of too many people. There, you know, a lot of people want to tell you their story, but eventually it does get oversaturated and everything. But, you know, a story like that where it's from the 80s, where it's not just like, you know, Norma Jean bought a 65 Mustang back when it was brand new. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun watching Ford because they, they completely... Gloss refuse over. to acknowledge the Mustang 2 and the Fox body. Like, you look oh, at their, they, their 50th they, they anniversary sometimes materials. sometimes dip their toes into the water for Mustang 2 begrudgingly, because I sure. saw a few of them. I mean, they had a King Cobra on display, like a brown on brown. I would rock the pants off a of King oh, Cobra. Oh, fuck yeah, Are you King kidding Cobra. Me? So good. The, and, uh, sorry, my friend, I have a friend that works at Ford, and they, they have been doing celebrations, like, every five minutes there for this year. And they've done a few, uh, you know, employee car shows. And, you know, people will bring in their King Cobras. Their Mustang 2s nice. all the time. Mustang 2 Gias and stuff. No, what people don't realize is that's the car that made the Mustang possible. Like yeah. They, they, yeah. I, I think, uh, what's the what's the statistics on the number of Mustang 2s they sold? It's something like... A million. Yeah. They sold like a it's ton. a ridiculous number right. of Mustang 2s, and that car allowed the Mustang to continue on. And it was really good for drag racing, too, so yeah. that kind of allowed Ford to... Stick with the live axle for so long sure. because drag racers love that shit. Well, I don't know if sticking with the live axle is a also good thing, they were but I know you yeah. know it's it, it happened. Yeah. It's a uh, thing that occurred. It, yeah. it, it, it occurred. <laughs> uh, I believe the Mustang is actually still. I mean, and obviously it's changing for this next model year, but I think it's still the last mass-produced car, not truck, car oh. with a live axle. It's probably true. Um, there Maybe. might be some obscure like thing built in Russia or Brazil China. or something. China's or China. Possible. Probably Iran. Maybe um, still built in Hindustans or something. Not yeah. Hindustans. But uh, as far as like a manu- manufacturer goes, it's the last one. Hmm. Huh. Look at that. Because the they're F-bodies funny. dropped them. So, yeah. or Well, they're not F-bodies anymore. So <laughs> they, those are the last two. They dropped F-bodies in general, I think. Well, yeah. They, they went to Holden. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm done exactly. with this. No, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But I think that I, you know, and you talked about this the other day. I can't remember with who, but I think that the Fox body right now is basically our generation's like '65 Mustang. Uh, that's a good analogy. I, my, you know, I talk to my dad about about these cars every now and then, and he says that when he was a kid, nobody wanted the first generation Mustangs. They were three hundred and four hundred dollars yeah. everywhere, and you're actually starting to see Fox bodies tick up and they are in value. Yeah. yeah, they're. I think they're actually more expensive than the '90s ones, like the one yeah. uh, you drove. To oh yeah, the yeah. ones from the '90s are, are dirt cheap right now. Even yeah. even Terminators are relatively inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because the Mustang has always been a really great combination. Fairly lightweight car with a honk and 302 in it. They yeah. just, you know, it was after the Fox body though. After you know, because '92 they had the fully forged drivetrain and every that was the one to get. And then '93 they went back to the. You know, the unforged drivetrain, and then 94, of course, brought the SN95, mm-hmm. and that was a huge letdown. The the F-bodies just spanked those cars. No, it's still for, a Fox body. The SN95 is yeah. still a Fox body underneath. It was, you know, it was a fairly heavily modified one, but, I mean, it was this – the engine tech on the GM side of things were so far ahead with what Ford was doing, especially when, the, when that modular motor first came out. Yeah. It was just such a dog. Yep. I mean, it took them – what was it, 10, 12 years before they got any decent power out of that sure. modular motor? Yep. So. Yeah, so Fox Body, you got the Fox Body, you got the E30, 240SX, and Miata. Those are the cars of our generation that's, you know, we're going to see as cult icons. Yeah, 240s are. It. And Civics? I'm just putting it out there. No, no, you're right. Civic. You're right. Civic, yeah. Uh, you know. Because I, the other day I found myself cruising Craigslist for EG hashes. Right, yep. just just to see what was out there. I, not a single one of them is unmolested. Yeah, I would none. still really, like really button. like to have a second gen Eclipse, but with a completely different drivetrain that's not a piece of crap. Right, yeah, you really got to watch out for the floorboards in those cars. Yeah. yeah, well, it's not so much an issue out here just because it's so arid. You know, well, we you know the danger to manifold. That's, you got to watch. Yeah, watch oh, out. that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was thinking <laughs> East Coast Rust problems. Yeah. Blake me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Momentary, momentary. The new book cars, Chris. The hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I really want I really want an Evo 9, though. I really yeah. want an Evo 9. They're so hard to find now. Yeah, that's totally true. Well, and again, that's one of those cars that people bought and then just beat into the ground mercilessly. Yeah. They beat or they modified to no end, and it's just those are your, those are actually creeping up in value now. I can see that. I can totally see that. So if you have that. a crap ton of money and want to buy cars that will be worth something, buy the cars that you enjoy. Get a big-ass garage, and you can be the bro, you can be the millennial Jay Leno. Man, that's a sad, that's sad, a sad prospect. Image. <laughs> now the millennial Jay car, Leno, car wise, no, yeah, sure. is is, is denim a thing or will it be some denim will go all the way? It'll be skinny jeans, skinny jean jackets well, too, and everything. It'll that's be... not going to be a good look for men no. in their sixties. No, no, absolutely not. No, it's not going to be a good look for anybody in their sixties. No. Not a good look for anybody. No. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Skinny jeans no. are not a good thing. No. Now. Skinny jeans, nope. So. As everybody checks to see if they're wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm like, actually, I was, I was actually more looking. I'm like. Blake might be wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> no, I've just got. They're not. They're, they're not, not skinny though. jeans. I just got fat. Ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yes, there we go. No, so no, no. They're not skinny jeans because I can't see the outline of oh. your face on your driver's license through your pants you, you, pocket. You can't see the individual hairs on my. Anyway, let's move on to a different topic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you do have an NC Miata as well. Yeah, I do. Now, what's been done to it? 06, so um, my buddy Adam Costa, who I met... 06 uh, is the best-looking NC, by the way. I, I, I like it. Next to the current one, I guess. Sure. But yeah, even so that was before, I think, the very next year they did the traction control thing. So no traction control in the car, which is pretty nice. Nice. Um, my buddy Adam Costa, who I met up at uh, Targa, Newfoundland, he did the documentary for the Flying Miata team when they were out there uh-huh. racing the rock. You should watch right. it. It's awesome. Yep. yep. Um, he traded the DVD rights for that uh, film for a full target package for his car. So supercharger, springs, sways, the whole nine yards. It's pretty nice. awesome. So the takeoff four grand package too. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a good chunk of change. Yeah, he traded me um, all the takeoffs for his car. So I have uh, what are they? DGR springs, and adjustable dampers, racing beat sways. And uh, FM in-links, which I think are still racing beat in-links, adjustable in-links. Yeah. Um, BBS wheels and Pilot Sport Cup tires. Nice. Yeah. BBS wheels. It's really good. Cold. What, what, are the, uh, what are the roads like out by you? Awesome. Yeah. Have you heard of the Dragon? Yes. Well, <laughs> I've driven the Dragon. I'm not a fan, but I do like Cherahala Skyway. No one's a fan. But yeah, that's, that's no. 20 minutes away. Yeah. It's indicative of where I live. Okay. Now, when I think this was before I met you when I drove across the country, and I went to Taylor the Dragon in my Miata, mm-hmm. and it was a Tuesday, and I believe Tennessee DOT, because it's a state highway, Tennessee DOT mows the lawns on sure. Tuesdays, right? I don't know if it's Tuesdays, but that does happen. Yeah, so I, I was stuck behind DOT trucks and then Harley trikes the entire yep. way on the Taylor Dragon. So yep. when they, when they mow the lawn, do they remove the couches? Because here they just leave them. I think they burn them. They burn them. I think that's the way yeah. to go. Oh, okay. They, 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 they put wooden crosses on them. Okay. Ah, anyway. Ah. <laughs> well, it's good fuel. Yeah. But no, the roads are, the roads are fantastic out there. Um, I, I'm hardly ever out of the Dragon. It's It's disaster. just overcrowded at this it's, point, right? It's a Mickey Mouse show. You know, you've got the guys set up on the side of the road to take your picture, and then you can go download your picture for $18. So it's, it's, it's a, a more rural version of Mulholland. Yeah, it's yeah. a snake. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And oh, there's, there's teenagers on Jixers everywhere. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's honestly a dangerous place to be. See, that's so. the one thing I will say with Mulholland. Other than Sunday, Sunday mornings are a shit show, just because you have every every idiot up there that doesn't know how to drive or just wants to, you know, just show off like a, a hard park. Yeah, it's it, the other day, times of the week, or even if you just get off of those main that main strip of the you know that main stretch of the snake there, um, there's still good driving to be had, and I wouldn't say it's overly dangerous or anything. It's um. There's still, it's not overcrowded. For I think it's maybe almost a little too intimidating for some mm. people because there are some pretty sheer drop-offs sure. along the sides. Yeah. But there's a lot more fast sweep. There's a good balance out in Malibu of fast sweepers and mm-hmm. then like the really tight Latigo Canyon stuff. So it's great. And at least at least Malibu doesn't have its own gift shop. Yeah. Like you know, you the, the rock store. Yeah, but that's just... I've been there once or twice. It's just mostly, you know, motorcycles hanging out there just... Uh, I, I, they don't. They just sell T-shirts for yeah. the rock store, but not for. Yeah, it's the closest thing that that's there is. true. Yeah. Have yeah, you have you, done, yet, have you done much time up that way yet, or Mulholland? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Too bad you're not staying here a bit longer. Yeah. Everybody says that. Yeah. It's it's good times. Good fun to be had. But um, Cherahala Skyway is the best road I've driven the out there. Best road. Oh no. You gotta come visit, man. I gotta come visit again. You, you know, visit. I was in Nashville a few weeks ago for the. I drove the 300 ZX Twin Turbo. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to try get all Mr. Regular on me here. Uh, uh, meat. <laughs> uh, no, dude, I drove. I drove a bunch of old Nissans, and I drove the 240Z. And you uh, should have just stolen something for a couple of days. Come I on, shove, man. It would have been awesome. I should have just stolen the Z. 192 miles on it when I drove it. Really? Yeah. She ain't fine no more. No, not after I had my way with it. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, I'm not. <coughs> sure, I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to clean that filth out of my ears. No, it's in there for good. Yeah, yeah that's, I feel I, that's, I, that's not part of you, Chris. I just <laughs> I died a little bit inside. Just, just a little a bit. A little bit. Good. I thought you were already dead inside. Oh, mostly. Chris, you're mostly dead inside. Let's face it. Mostly. Yeah. 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 So. Yes. Uh, anyway, what other exciting news do you have coming up besides your human oh, human man. child? Well, we got the uh, the Mazas at Monterey thing, so wife and I are hopping in the NC. And I'll see you there. Yeah, so we'll we'll trek across country, and it'll be good. Wife will be good in preggers, so that'll be okay. fun. Better adjust the screens to comfort. Sure. Don't want to injure yeah. any children. Chitlins. Yeah. We'll be meeting up with the uh, the Flying Miata guys in Vegas and then caravanning up. Oh, nice. That so sounds fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, and then also Alex Kirstein is going to be there with the Million Mile Miata. That's right, which I love dearly. It's I did a, drive it. It is fun. It's a really great. When did you drive it? Yeah, you haven't driven it since. I, I haven't driven it in a while because Kennel had it. I drove it shortly after Kennel bought it. Oh man, so, it is a completely different car I now. Bet, I bet. I promise you. What if what it stays down? Ooh, that helps. The you seat got, doesn't have a hole in it. You got rid of the grimace uh, seat covers. The, the skinned alive cookie cutter or cookie monster. Yeah, imagine imagine grimace from McDonald's commercials mm-hmm. on seats, sitting on grimace. Like I, if if you had harpooned grimace yeah. and then like skinned him for his pelt. Because like you've seen this you've is seen not a concept yeah. you have to you have to like explain. The grimace is always in the corner of my mind. Really, always. Okay. That's that's a good insight. Yeah. Chris, well, Chris you know, is on team get grimace. I, well, I, I did work with Mayor McCheese for three years. So all right. Yeah. Uh, politics like usual at the McDonald's. I know. McDonald's. I know. Yeah, we. Um, I drove that car at Daytona. On the Roval. That's awesome. It was terrifying. I looped it. Will so. you Will you be driving at Laguna Seca? Mazda Race with Laguna Seca. I drove Mazda Race with Laguna Seca two years ago in my Miata. How was that? Awesome. Yeah, um, Corkscrew's not the scariest corner on there. Really? It's the corner after. Turn 10. Yeah. It's a big yeah. That's a, yeah. You carry a lot of speed through you, that. You carry a lot of speed through there. It's, it's deceptively fast, and you get pulled in three different directions. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can catch that... <clears throat> You can catch the inside edge there and kind of keep it straight and shoot right for the apex on the next corner if nobody's in your way. Yeah. Otherwise, it can be a little hairy. Sure. Yeah, I think two – when I was there, two of my friends spun out in 250-horsepower turbo Miatas. That will happen. At the, Into a ditch there. Um, I do have an update on my own car. Dude, What's I was, the deal? I was able to go to the uh, shop today, drop mm-hmm. off some new parts, and um, the engine's in. And it got shipped over from Manassas, Virginia, really fast. So I might have to pay extra for a speeding ticket for that. Nice, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then they were kind enough to unbolt the trans- six-speed transmission, which I'll be selling for hopefully a ridiculous amount of money to suckers on eBay. I mean, uh, nice well, friendly a, people. You have a five-speed now. I have right? a five-speed, but Why it came with a six-speed. See, the six-speed, the six-speed has a different shift feel. It feels less precise than the five-speed because I've driven my friend's NB with a six-speed. A less precise Miata transmission. This yeah. is the this is the these are the shades of gray we're working yeah. with here. Yeah, Dude. the five-speed is like a bolt-action rifle. The <laughs> six-speed is like get Chris Candle's <laughs> truck stain. Get the six-speed. You know it's gonna have it's yeah. gonna no, have better gear ratio. No, not it. not necessarily. Not actually because Flying Miata has a gear ratio calculator on their site and. If you're spinning a lot at 80 miles an hour, in the 5-speed, you're doing 3,800 RPM. In the 6-speed, you're doing 3,850. 3,850? 30, 30, yeah, but how, is, how positively is the lower-end acceleration improved with the 6-speed? Uh, not enough to make a difference, really. Really? Yeah. Also, a 5-speed on eBay is worth 400 bucks. A 6-speed on eBay, they've been selling for $1,600. Holy crap. For an yeah, You should probably go that way. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with your transmission? No, nothing wrong with my transmission. Transmission's Watch, fine. Watch, he sells it, and then his transmission shits the bed. That's yeah, but I'll have enough money to fix it. Probably not. I mean, the Miata transmission... The, no. The transmission in the Million Mile Miata sounds like somebody has dumped, like, a box of sockets in it. Like, it's all just, like, <laughs> like rattle and roar. Like, Still great shift feel. Oh, I'm fantastic. telling you right now. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. And I dropped off my new motor mounts. I have new clutch and flywheel going in, 12-pound flywheel. Nice. And, um... I have That's, a, is that going to be too little no, to keep? No, much? no, no. Actually, I've driven uh, our friend Corey Burns's uh, Miata when he still had it with a 12-pound flywheel, and I thought it was going to be 
way too light. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get into 10 pounds and lighter, like Fly Miata sells like a 9.7 pound. I, I had like, a, I had like an 8.8 in my EG, and it was fine. I'm just wary of cars that don't make a lot of torque with, I mean the, with light flywheels. I mean, the thing is the cars don't weigh anything, right? Yeah, So it's, it's fairly easy to overcome. Yeah. So... I've, I have first-hand experience that a 12-pound flywheel kicks ass. Okay. So yeah, If you know good. what I mean. Oh, no, that's not a euphemism. It's just... That doesn't mean anything. Okay, sure. Sorry. It's Moving right. on. It's all right. Anyway. And uh, I have a new header going in, so... Or you don't. Well, I know it's California, but this is... Uh, yeah, I, yes. know, I, know, I know. You're right. I don't have a header coming in. It's... No. What kind of header do you not have coming in? Uh, I do not have a slightly newer header. That's lighter. Is it a cast manifold, or is it an actual header? It's a it's an actual header. In 2001, Mazda switched to uh, a different header design, huh. which has certain things that I'll tell you about off the air. Uh, well, is it a factory part? It's a factory part. Oh, well, then so, you're yeah, fine. Exactly, exactly. It's a factory part. When you say headers, usually you're denoting like tubular a headers. Like a, yeah. tubular no, no, no. They actually, they actually switched to a, uh, a header design for the exhaust manifold, and they got rid of the pre-cat. So my car has a pre-cat on it and a new one. You're fine. You're fine. You take that into yeah, a I could not smog state. Yeah. It's really not that big of a deal. The, the The problem comes down to most people think, if I remove all the cats on my car, it's going to make more power. It won't. It. I've done back-to-back. It's louder. Yeah. <laughs> I've done back-to-back testing. Like when I. It sounds shittier. It does. Sound from shittier. when I was in the middle of doing work on my vet, I, I just for shits and giggles because I had access to a dyno. I went with the with the uh, cats on and the cats off. Grand total. Two horsepower difference, which could have been a rounding error on the dyno. Which is a lot in a Miata, let's be honest. That yeah, is. That's like 30%. Yeah, that is. That means the driver can <laughs> afford to eat 10 more cheeseburgers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the yeah, Miata, fine. The Miata will be done by September 3rd when the new Miata comes out. Awesome. And I will be driving it to Monterey or bust. So definitely no bust. There is no failure is not an option. So they this is at the at the big Monterey event. That's when they are unveiling the new. Yeah, it's all it's a global event. They're unveiling it in three different continents, like they did with the Mazda three, because you're not doing an auto show, and you get a look at it. And you get a, you might even get to touch it, but they won't let anyone drive it. That's going to happen later. Like no, 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 no. But you will get a nice flash drive. That's right. Ooh. 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 I'm just hoping that they do something. I'm hoping they carry over that Mazda 3 design language just because... You know uh, they're going to. They will. No they they will. It, it, the Miata just got too round and too friendly with the last iteration to where it just... Yeah. That's the thing with every Miata. It always gets... When they facelift it, it gets more friendly. Like, my, my 99-2000 looks awesome because it looks kind of like your yeah. uh, NC with the oval. And then they did the smiley face trapezoidal thing a few years later. Uh, a year later. And then same with the NC. You know, Zax with the re- oval looks great. You know, not too aggressive, but not too cute either. I, I don't know who they target cute cars at because most women that are into cars don't like cute cars either. You no, know, my like, girlfriend hates cute cars. Yes. She doesn't like my Miata. Look at the number of women that are buying Challengers and Camaros and stuff like that. There's a lot of women driving them. They're a lot not of people buying at- angry cars, yeah. Yes. You know, aggressive cars look cool. Yeah. It's everybody likes that. You can, you can, no... If you design a small car, you can make it look neutral, like the NAs, or you can make it look cute and make it look like a cartoon, and that's where Mad TV gets off calling it a gay car. Sure. But that shows off the but, air. But even you know, even like the even the bug right now is it doesn't look as they, VW ditched the the cutesy look to it too, and it's no. a much better looking car. For I really like the new bug. It, it's a it much better great. car, it looks all around. Yep. Yeah, especially uh, in brown. Never buy one, but no. Not my thing. I'm with you, to- but it's totally okay that it exists. I can all I can appreciate things that sure. aren't necessarily my thing, and I go, that's good at what that's it does. All right. Yeah. If they do a Beetle Turbo, I might consider buying it for about two seconds, and then move on to a different topic in my mind. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you are a glutton for buying things that are eventually going to break. I'm a glutton for mind buying things, so I'll just mind buy everything. Sure, that's just, me. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you actually buy things. Yeah. How many cars thing. do you own again? Um, vehicles. Vehicles. I'm vehicles. down to five. Okay. Yeah. So One of them is a bike because you sold your other bikes. bikes. Yeah, but you oh, know right. that ratio is going to get downright reasonable because now there will be three of right? you. See? And five cars for three people is not crazy. Only one of them can seat more than two people. And, and I, the, I, yeah. I maintain it's not crazy. <laughs> and you live in the south. You live south of the Mason-Dixon anyway, so yeah. you're allowed to have like a it's, ton of it's cars. It's been pretty rough because I've had my my shit and then the Million Mile Miata and then a, a press car. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, I, like, I'm having to rotate stuff around the yard because I'm killing grass. Mm-hmm. That's kind of not acceptable. That's a problem we're never going to experience unless 
Los Angeles. No. 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 I should have brought you guys some water. I feel bad drinking your water. That's rough. How dare you? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we had a, the uh, Bonneville it get rained out. I saw that. Yeah. How um, crazy is that? Bring some water that way. We've, we've been in a drought for three years. Sure. Yeah. It's... Uh, you know, but you, you feel know. bad for those bastards. You know, those guys yeah. have planned that that week. Yeah, there's there's yeah. there's a guy from uh there's the guy from Galpin who uh, his dad uh, built a land speed record car back in the '60s and it got rained out. And then recently, the uh, the son found the same car and spent the last four years restoring it. Was brought it to Bronneville, got rained out again. They call it the rainmaker. He is the rain man. <laughs> the rain. We'll just we'll hire yeah. him just to drive up and down the coast here. Sure, exactly. Totally fine. So. Uh, well, we're about 50 minutes in, so... And I've got to go pick up a motorcycle from yes, a bike shop before... Please, and i got to beat through hellish Los Angeles traffic. Yes, well, that's why I have my scooter with me. Well, yeah, you, you can't ride a scooter and a motorcycle at the same time. If you're really good, you can. Yeah. I like the way you think. Mm-hmm. And on that bombshell, to quote right. Top Gear. Um, Zach, anything you want to plug? Yeah, check out the uh, the Million Mile Miata Saga on RoadandTrack.com. Um, all sorts of goodness there. Where can they find you? You can find Where me at uh, roadandtrack.com. You can find me at Twitter at Z underscore Bowman on the Facebooks. See, I think I think you Road and Track guys should have a podcast. Yeah, you and me both. I think that'd be a good time. Yeah, we should I, do that. Yeah, you guys are all good people. Eh, we're mostly all right. guys. Yeah, all right. It's <laughs> almost like it's almost like I talked to Alex Kirstein at length about it at some point or something. Really? Huh. Huh. It was all such a real dream. I know. I know. <laughs> it was all a dream. Well, if you want to get your podcast going, come on over to shoutengine.com. And get your own damn podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll take care of you. There's a lot of stuff on there now. Everyday Driver guys are doing really, really well with their show. Um, nice. They came in strong. Very strong. We Never... should get them on this podcast. Oh, we'll, we'll get we'll get Paul and Todd on. Great. Yeah, no doubt. Cross-pollination. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And um, as always, you can find me at Instagram and Twitter at BZRong, B-Z-R-O-N-G. And uh, come to AutoWeek.com where we'll be covering Pebble Beach obsessively, really obsessively. And I will be stuff. interviewing Steve Millen. I'll be talking to Steve Millen. I'll be uh, At one point, I'll be talking to Shiro, Shiro Nakamura, the genius. Genius, I tell you. He designed the Isuzu Cross. Say no more. Yeah, exactly. And he's also like a Japanese Salvador Dali. Because he looks really does he like does he dollar. walk an anteater down the street? You know he really should. I think he should. He That's, may. Yeah, We're gonna he, find he, out. He just might. We're gonna. I will find out for you. <laughs> Thanks for that, Zach. Sure. Anytime. You should be hosting this instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! What I'm doing here. <laughs> See you next week. Right. See you guys. <laughs> Thank you.